Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top Producing Zone podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Jin. And I'm your co-host, Shane Carvalho. So I want to revisit a topic that we talked about kind of earlier on uh, this year, Shane, and that was kind of along the lines of, you know, having an abundance mindset versus having one, having a scarcity mindset. And and the reason I want to revisit this is, you know, we've talked about goal setting. We've talked about kind of setting yourself up, you know, here in the last few months of 2023, setting yourself up for success in 2024. But one of the interesting things I've come to realize, and it's actually troubled me quite a bit is, you know, I've talked to agents and one of the common themes I think I hear is, you know, hey, we feel like we can't, we can't plant our flag here in the Bay Area because, you know, your your brokerage or my brokerage like doesn't have enough agents um, that offer us opportunities to find leads. Um, and to me, it's just, it, it's it's troublesome and it's bothersome because it's like, well, why can't you go figure it out? <laughs> and I think that kind of just leads to the whole, you know, abundance and scarcity mindset that we've talked about before. Yeah. And you can actually take this in so many different directions, right? Because if you think about the classic behavior, I mean, obviously, you know, I've been in the business since 99. I mean, look at the movement of agents from brokerage to brokerage. Like they always assume the grass is going to be greener. The problem is, and this is going to be hard for this to correct, is the fact that agents don't want to take responsibility for their own success. They keep looking to the next shiny brokerage. They're going to have leads or they're going to have this because even agents that don't choose to join us, for instance, I mean, there's agents that have actually really loved you and I, but they were hung up on, I don't have a physical office or I don't have this. I don't have that. And it's funny because then when they have a physical office, then they either don't use it or they just go socialize and don't get anything done. Or then they realize when they're getting crappy leads from where they do end up that, oh, okay. So, yeah, it's so, I mean, you can go in a lot of different directions, but I think that first and foremost, um, you know, owning or taking the responsibility for creating your own success is very important. And um, obviously it's negative, Nancy, if they, you know, don't have the abundance side, which you and I both experienced. Well, yeah. And I, you know, it is interesting. I go back to, you know, the interview that we did with Michael Valdez, right. And we talked about, you know, it's interesting a lot of times to your point, like agents who are interested in joining us. And and I guess so I've se- we've seen this enough where you can kind of figure out if they're going to be successful or not. Like when they start asking you a lot of questions like, oh yeah, to your point, like, are, am I going to get leads? Am I going to get opportunities for open houses? Uh, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? What can you do for me? And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you probably asked this question to every other brokerage out there. <laughs> and to me, it's like, okay, then do you not really understand, I guess, the power of, of what, what it is our brokerage offers is number one. And then number two, it's, well, what are you really going to be doing for yourself? And what can you do for yourself? And that's just immediately right off the bat, a very limiting a limiting belief that a lot of agents have. And, you know, the limiting beliefs, it's funny because there's a couple agents even within our group that I'm friends with. And I call them out sometimes and I need to be called out because, I mean, I, even I can be guilty at times of this. But, um, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to. Like this one agent I was talking to yesterday was like, yeah, I'd love to get involved in some of the flip investment stuff you do, but I'm a woman, so I just can't do it. I'm just like, what? Well, because, yeah, contractors rip women off like mechanics. I'm like, that's such a limiting belief, right? Because I get that. Has that ever happened? Sure. Is that something that's known? Sure. But the thing is, is that people need to understand that they don't have to be like the average or 
or what they hear. They have to kind of live in their own mindset and believe, you know, because I mean, we've gone to mindset so much this year too. And especially in times like these, which I mean, obviously I think it's more hype than really being tough times in the market, but you know, even times like this, I mean, mindset's more important than ever. No, it is. And it, it's interesting that you use that word can't um, because I go to this quote and it's kind of cliche, but uh, I, I go to this quote from Henry, from Henry, Henry Ford, right? It's like, and he said, if you believe you can't, if you believe you can, or you believe you can't, either way, you're right. I saw you post that. Yeah. That is such a solid, that is such a solid quote that goes back to mindset. And that's why like, clearly, like, if you say you can't, you're not going to be able to, cause you're, I mean, when you don't, you're already accomplishing what you said you were going to accomplish, right? Yeah. As soon as you believe it, your thoughts, your actions are going to align with that. And here's, here's something else I want to throw out to you and kind of get your thoughts on. I feel like, you know, when people say they can't do something, it really means in reality that they won't do something. And there's a difference there. Okay. So really quick. So I always, cause I got upgraded to first class again today, right? Every trip I've been meeting somebody, right? So today I meet this guy from down here, super interesting guy, has a TV show. He's been in title insurance. Just really, really interesting, successful guy that lives down here in LA. And uh, anyway, he, you know, was talking about the episodes and what he's been doing. And he was telling me this story about this Stanford student that was late to class one day. And there was a problem on the board. I guess this is the accidental genius. So there's a problem on the board, a really difficult math problem. And he took it down to do it for homework. What he didn't realize was before he got there, they had told the class that nobody's been able to solve this problem for 100 years. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. This guy didn't hear that part. This guy solved it. This guy solved it and they gave him his PhD on the spot. He was done. School was done. He came back. They gave him his PhD. But that had not been solved in 100 years. If that guy had been sitting in class, if he had been on time to class, there's a chance he would have never been able to accomplish that. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just amazing? The power of the mind, the power of belief, right? Like, well, and the thing is, is he was tricked in a way because, you know, if he already had been preconditioned to, yeah, you're not going to be able to solve it. You know, it's kind of like the negative or, you know, the, the lack of abundance mindset. Oh, yeah, we're not going to be able to anyway. So, you know, whatever. It's like when you're ready programmed, they're not going to be able to. It's there's not going to be enough effort because you're already meeting expectation. Oh, yeah, I can't do this. Oh, it's not going to happen. There's not there's not a moment there where you try to push further. And I, and it does go back to like what I posted this past Monday is like if you think about it, even from like just like the business environment in the market. Right. Blockbuster is a great example. Oh, my God. <laughs> they you right. Can't, I mean, they they never innovated. They never tried to figure out, OK, what can I do next? Right. They they kind of got stuck in their ways and look what happened. They get displaced by Netflix because Netflix probably wasn't telling themselves, well, what can I do? Right. What if I want to put video online? Like, why can't I do that? Instead of asking, why can't I do that? They're probably asking themselves, how can I do that? And you just keep asking yourself how and you get through that. Yeah, I'll never forget. Um, and shoot, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Big Jets fan. Big social media guy in the East Coast. What's his name? Um, Big Jets fan. Uh, oh, dude, his family sold wine. And he's, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, it'll come to you. But 
Check this out. So you're talking about Blockbuster. How about Toys R Us? Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Toys R Us was um, the day you stop innovating, the day you die. And that was Toys R Us, just like Blockbuster, right? And, yeah, that's – yeah. It'll come to me in a while when I'm not trying to remember. <laughs> Well, and it's interesting because, you know, like I, I take this back to real estate, right? Um, and I've talked to agents in this area and, um, you know, one of the things that they've said is, hey, you know, our brokerage, we don't do enough luxury, right? And the luxury space here is already dominated by agents from other brokerage. Um, and when I hear that and I'm just like, okay, the first thought I have to myself is, well, you know, at some point, those other brokerages were also starting off, Right. And there were probably already agents that were doing luxury in the space before they came along. So how come they were able to figure a way out and plant their flag? And now you feel like you can't. I, I mean, that's that's literally what I'm thinking to myself is, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's it's almost like kind of like you see them as competition. I almost would kind of see them as an example of it can be done because you're constantly, see, I'm you know, like having grown up in Cupertino in the Bay Area, I'm constantly seeing like, new people taking over that market. It's like every five years, it's not like it's the same old names with all these like open house signs or for sale signs out there. It's constantly changing. So it's like, obviously those people figured out a way to stake their claim in the market. So to me, it's like, instead of looking at them as some kind of barrier, look at them as inspiration because they were able to supplant themselves over somebody else. And that means you can too. It doesn't really matter what brokerage you're part of. Well, in the land of startups, I mean, you better have some confidence. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And it really gets me to this idea of like, okay, so if you're saying you can't in reality, you're probably saying you don't, you won't which means you're probably saying you don't want to, which ultimately leads to the question that maybe you should be asking yourself is, is it a high enough priority for you? And what's really, what's really driving your motivation behind this, right? Because we've talked about this in other podcasts as well. It's like, if it's not a high enough priority, if you don't know why it's driving you, like, of course, you're not going to make it a priority or of course, you're not going to try to figure it out. Right. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that, like, you know, we're lazy or bad or unambitious. Right. I think it's actually a really honest question to ask yourself and to dig into and be like, OK, well, why am I saying I can't? And is it because truly it's not a high enough priority for me? And if it's not, then what is why is it not? And I think those are some honest questions that anybody who's running a business should really be asking themselves. It's, you know, it's true. And, um, the, the thing is, is that, you know, part of it just could be, you know, laziness, honestly, at the end of the day, if it doesn't come easy, because that's the other problem with the advancement of, you know, technology and social media and everything else, you know, the old school, let's pay our dues. Isn't really something that's top of mind. People want to have instant success and don't want, I don't, I don't want to generalize all people because there are hard workers out there. I'm just saying like, you know, if, Oh yeah, well, so-and-so is making YouTube videos and he's doing a hundred million dollars a year. So I just did YouTube videos for a month. It's not working. Then off to the next (laughs) thing, right? Like it just, there's that instant gratification that could be another thing. But, but honestly, the whole jumping brokerages, like agents jumping brokerages, that's always like, I mean, look, I've been around since 1999. That has always been a thing that just always, you know, it's just that today it's different things that they're looking for. 
you know, now with technology, it's well, what kind of like online lead systems do you have or how are you, you know, utilizing AI and, you know, how are we, you know, like basically it's just, it's a different game, but it's the same basic principles, you know, they're going, cause now teams and everything is a thing, you know, and back then it wasn't that way. Back then it was really, you were looking to be you and the broker and what could the broker do for you? Now a lot of this, well, when you go to this broker, it's going to be part of this team or this, you know what I mean? So it's, it's the same at the end of the day, it's the same thing looking for greener pastures. It's just different programs. Yeah, no, I, that that's interesting. Yeah. And I appreciate kind of your, your perspective on that. And, you know, you also bring up another point where you were saying like, you know, somebody who's doing video online for a month versus somebody who's, you know, like bringing in hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Well, I mean, and we've talked about this in the past too. It gets down to, yeah, instant gratification. And also like, you know, everybody these days, I feel like get caught in the comparison trap. Yeah. And that's because of social media, because now it's so much more visible. And I mean, it's, you, it's, yeah, it's a very bad idea. Comparison is always a bad idea. But the thing is, is that what makes it even worse is that people believe what they see on social media. See, we didn't used to have that problem before, right? Now it's like, you know, the facts are out there. So if you're really disturbed by somebody, go check the numbers, you know, you shouldn't care anyway and you shouldn't be comparing. But at the end of the day, it's like, go be a fact checker if it's going to give you some kind of peace of mind, but you really shouldn't even care. You should just do the best that you can and not worry about what other people are doing. But, uh, but yeah, that's social media has brought in that side of things. And it, and it's tough. And I think, again, it's kind of that mindset. Like, I think people miss out on the fact that like, you know, somebody who today is probably at a hundred thousand subscribers. Well, it's not like they started a month ago, (laughs) right? It's probably like they started a year or two, three years ago, and they've just been incredibly consistent with it. Right. Um, and they've, they've slowly built it up. And again, it kind of goes back to, you know, this idea of, okay, are, are you, are you looking at somebody to compare yourself to them or should you be kind of looking at somebody to set, you know, kind of the vision for where you want to go? And I go back to like one of the, one of the podcast interviews we did with, uh, with Norm from Liftoff Agent, right? You know, he'll follow other folks, you know, like uh, Ryan Pineda, he'll follow folks like, you know, Mike Sherrard, but it's kind of cool because he gets really excited, right? And you could, we could tell his energy level from our interview. He gets very excited, like sharing about what he's seen other people do, because really it's, it's also a potential guidepost, right? It's like, these people have been there. They've kind of figured it out. So it's like, okay, if they can do it, then that means I can get there too. And, you know, like they've already have a tried and true system. So let me see what they're doing, how they're pushing the boundary. Right. And then it's not like you have to think about everything from scratch, which I think is, is, is amazing. Right. You can take a look at what they're doing and R&D it. <laughs> right. And make it your own. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely agree with the fact that, you know, if you want to follow people that have been successful in areas, you want to be successful instead of reinventing the wheel. Sure. Look to what they're doing and having success with, but look at that from the perspective of just getting ideas or inspiration, not comparison. And if you can do that, then that's, that's totally healthy. But the moment it goes to you know, comparison, that's just a bad, bad deal. And it's interesting. I was, uh, I was reading an article on, you know, this whole concept of can't versus won't. Um, and, you know, in athletics, actually, I found a blog dealing with athletics and it's interesting, like this, this one athletics group, they don't allow the word can't, but they also had, you know, other words and phrases that 
are commonplace. And I didn't even realize until I, tar- until I started reading this, but it is true. Like, you know, the, the mindset shift that happens when you use certain words versus others. And I'll kind of throw out the three examples. The first one is like, don't use the word have to replace the word have to with the word get to, which is an interesting concept. The next one is replace should with will. And the third one is my favorite because I'm a Star Wars fan is eliminate try, right? Because, you know, there's Yoda. It's like there is no try, only do or do not. Um, and it's interesting. Yeah, like even t- <laughs> we need a Star Wars episode. <laughs> there, there, I got to get. Yeah, we know we got to do a Star Wars episode on mindset. That would be great. Um, but it's interesting, like just looking at the subtle shift of a word here and there really does have a difference. Like, for example, like replacing have to with get to, right? What, what's the change there? It, it changes an action from sounding like it's a punishment or it's like required, like, oh, I have to go do this. I have to go do that to an opportunity and a reward. Like I get to do this. I'm privileged enough to be able to do this because not everybody can, if you really think about it. Well, a big one right now is life is not happening to me. It's happening for me. And especially in times like this, where you see a lot of agents struggling, you just got to keep that one at top of mind because this is a very easy time for agents that are not having as much success. Very easy time to be in that victim mindset, right? So it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. So, yeah, no, these are these are good things. We should probably post these in front of us <laughs> so we look at them all day. And we could probably get them ordered on like some nice signs or something and just put it in front of probably. us. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so how like – I mean, obviously no one, no one's perfect at this, right? Nobody's perfect. You just let me down, bro. (laughs) Show me somebody who's perfect. I'd love to see that. I look up to you. (laughs) Well, sorry, sorry, sorry to ruin your bubble. (laughs) But I mean, what, what do you feel like would be like the, the the biggest challenge you're facing today in terms of, you know, um, just abundance versus like the scarcity mindset or can't like, what are some common pitfalls you find yourself falling into when it comes to like telling yourself you can't versus, you know, trying to have a more positive outlook on it or a more abundant outlook on it. Well, in, in reality, just, you know, the struggles I've faced both health and, you know, with some bad business things that have happened, um, you know, I find myself getting tangled up in, well, there's a couple different sides to it. One is, um, just overwhelmed with just, you know, being pulled in a lot of different directions, kind of not being in the normal routine. Um, So, you know, I've the last like six months or so, I've really tried to, you know, rope in and really get refocused on just the, you know, the the things I love and enjoy, which is really just real estate and the construction. Right. So I think that one of the things I've had to do is, is just cut, you know, these other things from my mind and not let them influence me. Cause it's easy to, I mean, when you're talking about <clears throat> abundance, you know, and, and everything else, um, what you, we haven't really talked about is the fact that, you know, when things do go bad, you have a bad business partnership, something goes wrong, someone takes advantage of you. Um, it's easy to get in that anger. Like I want to kill somebody mode And that's actually a way of sabotaging yourself, even though it's not like, because you probably don't, I don't know if you've ever thought about this angle, but it's like when you're so busy putting so much energy towards what 
is not abundance, whether it was stolen, you know, taken in some way, whether it's something that failed, whatever. When you get caught up in that, that's not abundance mindset. I mean, you know what I mean? So, and we don't really, that doesn't become top of mind, but I mean, I've, you know, given a lot of thought to, you know, even my own experiences, you know, obviously we still carry on real estate still going well. Could I be doing a lot better? Yeah, totally. Like, and I think that, um, you know, instead of just calling it abundance or not abundance, I I'd like to say more like it's a distraction to the mindset, right? Cause it's like, for me, I've always lived an abundance mindset, you know, since the beginning of my career. It's one of the reasons I've always found myself being successful is because I've always kind of marched to the beat of my own drum. Well, I'm human too. And I've caught myself, but it's just, in my case, it's different. It's, it's just a different type of being out of abundance mindset. Right. And so I think that if you do catch yourself, um, and this is a hard part, and I try to coach on this with the agents I mentor, is you have to continue to perform the money-making activities and the positive actions for your business, regardless of the outcome. But bigger than that yet is continuing to make them a priority, regardless of what's going on. Like, yeah. you got to find a way, and I'm not perfect at this, believe me, and you know, because you know me, but you have to be able to like compartmentalize, I can't even say that word half the time, but compartmentalize yeah. like whatever the struggles are. And you got to just plug those in somewhere. Like, you know what? I'm going to spend an hour dealing with this issue. Right. But then the rest of the time you carry on with that schedule and keep doing the activities you've always done. And don't let, don't let these negative things kill your abundance mindset. Because literally these negative things can drive you, you know, to a very bad place, a very dark place. And at the end of the day, um, you know, people that do you wrong are the ones winning in that circumstance. You know, you're really hurting your health and hurting yourself. And so I think that um, that's something that we really didn't get into because it's not always that black and white abundance or not abundance. It's like, aside from just consciously making those decisions or having that mindset in real life, what gets thrown at you that can derail you, you know, cause, cause sometimes it's not just abundance or no abundance. It's like, Oh shit, I'm getting divorced all of a sudden. Or, Oh no, I just had a major health crisis. Like I can relate to those things. I've been, I mean, hell you've been through some of that. Right. So it's like, you know, you suddenly wake up and you know, like I had a herniated disc in my neck when I turned 40. So about eight years ago, I was, down for about three months and that came out of nowhere you know dude i was selling houses on the couch on my back on ice packs and medicated like for about three months so it's like you know it's like things come at you and um you know unexpected curveballs it's in those moments that you have to dig deep and find a way but i think they were still human so yeah i mean if you ask me like what do you got to do it's back to basics and the focus and just you know, mind over matter, really, I guess you just have to have a strong mindset in, you know, not going to the distractions and, and also not letting the results, you know, of bad things that occur, not letting that dictate where you're going or the success you're going to have. You can't let that hold you back. And that's easier said than done. Well, no, and I, and I, as you're sharing this, I, I think I go back to, I go back to what you were saying earlier. It's very much, 
you know, this idea of, you know, situations that happen to you versus, you know, things that happen for you. Right. Um, and, and I agree, like there's, there's curveballs that life throws your way. And I think sometimes, you know, one of the keys, like for me, like as I was going through the divorce, it's kind of like, it, it, it's hard. Right. And it, to your point, it's like, it, it's picking yourself up one day at a time. I think giving yourself grace, right. Knowing that you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to be perfect every day, but you're taking small steps, um, in the right direction. Right. Um, and there's, do you give yourself grace? I try to, I think that's one of the hardest things for me. And we've talked about this in other episodes, like, you know, both you and I are like very like perfection oriented and driven people. Right. I realize this at work too. I was talking to a coworker the other day where I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I, I, at work, sometimes I feel like, you know, there's like the, the imposter syndrome that I feel sometimes, you know, at some point it's like the higher up I go, the more I'm expected to know. And I feel like there are days where I don't feel like I know shit. And then at some <laughs> point I'm going to get like discovered or figured out like to be a fraud. And it, it's, it's interesting because I was, I was talking with my coworker, we were reflecting on this and we're like, yeah, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes it's also just perspective, right? Like we're probably our own harshest critics, right? I know I am. And there are times where it's like, I feel like I might be going at like 50%, but to somebody else, I'm, you know, I might be going at a hundred percent. The other thing I realized that was really important for, to me, you know, as I was going through like the divorce and it's kind of really helped my mindset since then is, you know, you've heard the serenity prayer, right? Right. And that's, that's one really that like, you know, in the past I was like, oh, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice little quote on, on a painting or on a wall or whatever on, on like a visual. Right. But I think when I was going through my divorce, that's really when it kind of hit home to me. Um, and that's really like, it was a big, powerful mindset shift for me in the sense of like, okay, when things happen, you know, what, what do I have control over? Right. And some things you just don't have control over. And sometimes I feel like that's where I used to get stuck. And sometimes I still do is like, I try to control things that I have no control over, which gets me just into a negative spiral. Right. But the serenity prayer for those that haven't heard about it is it, it goes, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Exactly. I had it memorized as well. I know. Right. And the only thing, I mean, we can do is, you know, just there, there are certain things that we can control and other things that we can't, you know, like whether it's a bad business deal or whether it's somebody, you know, like a partner, a business partner, like, you know, not doing the right thing and screwing us over. It's like, we can't, we can't control their actions. Right. But to your point, like, we, we can control our action, our, our, our actions, our reactions. Right. And we're all human. So there's going to be that, like, there's going to be that anger and that frustration and that's all okay. Right. I think it's, it's good to embrace that. It's good to let that out in healthy ways. Um, and then just slowly kind of, you know, put yourself back on track the best you can. Yeah. You mean like no death threats? <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Or, you know, de if there are death threats, you know, not, you know, not on uh recorded, you know, <laughs> not on recordings or, you know, in front of other people. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's, I, I mean, it's hard not to take it personal. Like for me, I've been hosed by people that are close to me. You know what I mean? Like it could have been an absolute stranger, somebody you don't know. But it's uh, it's just very personal when it's someone in your circle, especially especially in and for me, it was especially in this under the circumstances. Right. Like it just really like tough circumstances. So, yeah, I um, I think that that's another thing, you know, when you're talking about your mindset and in your long career and as you get older and stuff in life, 
being careful not to allow those experiences to change how you are as a person. Like be more careful with the decisions you make, but then don't go be harder on people or change who you are because you got a couple of bad apples. You know what I mean? Just be smarter, make better decisions, get things, you know, in writing, which is another thing we've talked about, Um, you know, and just, um, and then also just like the kind of, it's like, it seems like for me where I've gotten burned is when I'm actually really helping people out. Like, you know, business is business. Just keep a clear boundary on what business is, you know, and, uh, friendship separate you know just here's how it is and if you don't like it go find somebody else you know you know and and the other thing too is the fact that you know not going and complicating your life when you already have skills you know you already have the skills and the assets to do a lot of what you want to do if you're going to pull somebody in you know, be, be really clear, especially like in our case, I mean, you know, some of the stuff we've been through, we really don't need anybody, you know? So it's like, don't bring, you know, (laughs) don't bring bad people into the party for no reason. So anyway. No, I think, I think that's great. I think that's probably, you know, a a good place to kind of end this unless there's something else you want to, you want to add. Um, but I think in, in, in recap, um, you know, we definitely talked about, we, we kind of dig dived, a little bit deeper into this abundance and scarcity mindset. We talked about, you know, when you're saying can't, do you actually mean you won't? And is it high enough priority for you? Right. We talked about other words that might potentially, you know, have the same impact as developing out an abundance, uh, a scarcity mindset and what the impact of that can be. Um, And also just, you know, like how to, it's not a black and white situation, right? It's, there's always going to be curveballs that are thrown our way and how to best, you know, adapt to that, embrace that and, and, and continue to move forward from that. Well, and taking responsibility for your actions to get the results you want and not looking to other brokerages or other people or other teams to, to have more success. It needs to come from within it, and it. And it's like, you could chase your tail and keep jumping around for your whole career and you're never going to get anywhere. Um, if you're not willing to take, you know, if you're not willing to make the commitment and take the appropriate steps to have success, then, you know, find a different career. Uh, Cause this is not, this is definitely, you know, it's, and I don't want to say it's one of the tougher things. Cause obviously I guess what I mean is just, this is one of those businesses where your independent performance, your mindset, like you're in full control of generating your income. Obviously there's much more sophisticated, complicated things like your engineering, there's surgeons and doctors and there's people like in law, like there's a lot of really complex things out there. I'm not even trying to compare to any of that. I'm just talking about this is one of those types of businesses where you're completely self-run, self-driven, self-performing, like there is nothing. Your your income is zero until you go create it. And so, I mean, that's never going to change. And you have to know that you can do it from within. If you happen to land at a brokerage where you get a deal here and there, maybe a good referral or relocation, whatever, that's just a bonus. Like, don't count, don't count with that. Just be like, oh, my brokerage is cool. Like, I have a great referral network and I just got a couple of referrals. Great, but don't count with that. Right. Count. So, yes, I mean, if you don't take charge of 
if you don't take charge of your own business, no one else is going to take charge of it for you. I mean, I think that's the good one. That's probably a good recap of kind of the meat of what we're trying to talk about initially. And then obviously we went on some tangents, which is normal and healthy. I mean, got to cover all the, you know, we got to cover all the non-conforming parts. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. That's what I love about this. All right. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed uh, this week's episode of the Top Producing Zone podcast. Hope it was helpful. And we'll catch you on next week's episode. Take care.